Welcome into the Paul Kuharski podcast. Um, getting ready for the Titans to host the Houston Texans. 4-0 Titans coming off a really galvanizing win. Spiriting win after their COVID issues uh, forced the postponement of the Steelers game, forced the postponement of the Bills game, um, forced them to practice only three times in 16 days, really mild practices as it was. And then they came out in a game that uh, very few expected them to be able to win and uh, rolled the Bills uh, in impressive fashion. But now they go into a, a game in a much different way, a short, short week um, against the division rival Texans, who've not been very good this year, but played much better um, in their first game under interim coach Romeo Cornell, freed from the evil Bill O'Brien, if you will. And um, this is a dangerous game for Tennessee. I'm not a believer in trap games. I do not think the Tennessee Titans will be thinking about the Pittsburgh Steelers rescheduled for uh, October 25th or anything like that. The Titans don't operate that way. But, <clears throat> excuse me, this is a, a, a dangerous game in that, um, you know, Texans haven't played to – their maximum by any means. Titans haven't either, really. Titans are scoring very well, but uh, they're not defending as well as they need to, though they're, they're keeping people – I mean, they, they kept the Bills out of the end zone, minimized the scoring of a, of a good football team. Danger here is just, uh, you know, a little bit of a, of a, of a letdown uh, after such a high. They've got to maintain the emotion. Um, and they're pretty good at transferring that emotion. Mike Vrabel likes to use that word, transferring it, find a, find a play early. I, I've got a lot of confidence in, in Tannehill. Defense, getting Jeffrey Simmons back, uh, presumably Christian Fulton, where they're really in need of some speed in the secondary against the team with some speedy receivers. Um, and uh, a bigger home crowd which will bring uh, additional life to Nissan Stadium on Sunday afternoon. All of these things are cause for optimism. But division games tend to be different. They tend to be different when they're not against Jacksonville. Um, and Houston is a team that, that, that has won this division uh, quite frequently, given the, you know, won its fair share of games against the Titans. And um, I think – probably there are too many Titans fans that presume um, because Houston is one and four and the Titans are four and oh, that this will be a walkover. Uh, I suspect it will not be Titans playing a lot of close games last week, last week, Tuesday was an exception to that. And it, and it did turn into a walkover, but uh, Deshaun Watson dangerous. I think the Titans will do some more of the um, limited rush and maximum coverage, but that could be a problem when Deshaun Watson ultimately takes off. Um, and people are going to have to tackle solidly. Titans are going to have to play much better third down defense. I don't know that you could rely on anything close to six for six red zone production. Um, and it, it wasn't a big Derrick Henry game against the Bills with with 19 carries and running against a, a super loaded box there are some numbers however that suggest uh derrick henry could be in good position against these guys 
Opponents have run the ball 32 times a game against the Texans' defense this season. Uh, 160 carries in five games. That's the second highest in the NFL. And the league average is 26.4 times. That's a uh, delicious stat if you're looking for Derrick Henry to take over this game. And I certainly think that uh, the Titans will be looking for a scenario where he can do that. So that's one cause for optimism on the uh, the rushing yards. The Texans, I'm looking here, rank uh, offensively. They're 30th against the rush. Defensively, they're 31st against the rush. So this would provide some cause for optimism. But there's more. Houston secondary has missed 86 tackles since the 2019 season, the fourth most in the NFL. And if Derrick Henry is to break through uh, the first line of defense, maybe the second line of defense, they're going to need to be corners and safeties involved in tackling him. We saw what happened to Josh Norman on a run that actually didn't count because of offsetting penalties. But, um, Josh Norman was sent flying by the mighty stiff arm of Derrick Henry. Stiff arm in the shoulder that sent him uh, flying. Um, And he's the victim of many memes now on the internet. So there's another potentially contributing factor to a big game for Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's averaging 5.8 yards per carry on rushes to the left side since 2018. Tied for the best of qualifying qualified running backs. Now, we know the left side of the field. <clears throat> Once things got going last year, when Taylor Lewan's suspension was over, when Roger Saffold kind of found his footing in Tennessee, was a very favorable pairing on the left side. We know that Bussin' with the Boys has put out run left hats. And um, this is really a strength for the Titans. And it is really a weakness for the Texans. They have allowed 5.2 yards per carry when defending rushes to the left since the 2018 season over the same time period that's tied for the sixth worst run left might be the key uh to getting derrick henry going in this game this week uh i i would think derrick henry uh talked to the media on on friday and said uh you know complimentary things about the texan texans as as you might think uh he said, you know, the 19 carry game didn't didn't give him any extra extra rest. Uh, and he said he's staying patient. Um, he was asked about learning to stay patient over the years, waiting for bigger runs to break. Staying patient. You have to stay patient as best you can, he said. Of course, you want to break the long ones and have big explosive plays. But like you said, over the years, you got to learn that the bigger ones will come. Just take what the defense gives you. I think I need to do better at that, and the big ones will come. And another guy who very confidently said that the big ones will come was Arthur Smith, the offensive coordinator, who uh, said, you know, you just keep going and going, and uh, it's going to pop eventually. But he's got a lot more credence when it's coming from Arthur Smith than when it's coming from Terry Rabisky. Uh, 
who said, you know, you run the same play eight times. And if it's not working, you run it a ninth time because the ninth time, you know, it's going to work. Also, when Terry Rubisky was calling for that play the ninth time, he didn't have a quarterback or receivers who could make the sorts of plays that Ryan Tannehill and this team can make and that Arthur Smith can design. And the Titans very clearly in a game like the Buffalo game were perfectly happy to turn to the quarterback and the targets and find great plays. Didn't have to be huge chunk plays, but efficient chain-moving plays that allowed them to move down the field. They also got great field position out of two Malcolm Butler interceptions and a great punt return from Khalif Raymond, the sort that the Titans have been lacking for a very long time. My sense is the Titans are going to be able to get Derrick Henry going in this game and um, build off of that. I do have concerns defensively. Um, Titans have scored 106 points in their last three games, and I think they'll score some points in this game. The thing I'd fear if you're looking for a dose of reality is that the Texans could do some scoring here too with their speedy receivers, with the secondary that's still missing a Dory Jackson, and with a pass rush that just does not get home. Though our friend John McClain and his one of his two weekly appearances on the Midday 180 said that he he thinks Jadevian Clowney will have a big game, that he'll get a sack of Deshaun Watson and maybe more and be really super motivated to uh, to be very productive and effective against the team that once drafted him number one overall and ultimately uh, traded him to Seattle before last season. So it'll be interesting to see Clowney and probably his best friend on the Titans is who he was very good friends with on the Texans, Jonathan Joseph. Um, Texans have a good feel for both of those guys. Um, Jonathan Joseph had a great line, by the way, um, when he was answering about speed because Jonathan Joseph (laughs) Once a very fast man has slowed down quite a bit. He's he's well into his second decade in the NFL. And he said, uh, you got to think fast too. So he's answering for his lack of physical speed anymore with what he thinks is a uh, big, big advantage in intellectual speed. So that's, that's my big thought. Those are my big thoughts for this week heading into Texans at Titans looking forward to a regular Sunday afternoon at Nissan Stadium I'll leave you as I always do with some statistics uh, and some of the earlier statistics I used on Henry are also from the same source remarkable by Inside Edge uh, an excellent subscription that I get great value out of and I hope you enjoy uh, the things I share. When Brandon Cooks the Houston receiver is above his average for receiving yards 60, his team is 13 and 3. That's a winning percentage of 8 to 12 since the 2018 season. That's tied for the best of 42 qualified NFL receivers. The league average is 48, uh, winning percentage of 487. Cooks is at 812. Sammy Watkins 
is at 895. Sammy Watkins playing on good teams. Cooks playing on good teams. That's a factor there. But 60 yards, a magic number for Cooks. Texans running backs have averaged 1.4 touches per game in the red zone this season. Lowest in the NFL. The Titans have allowed just two rushing touchdowns in the red zones to in the red zone to running backs this season, sixth fewest in the NFL. Basically, if Houston gets down inside the 20, don't count on the Texans to run a much. A um, couple things contribute here. They're going to throw it, and Deshaun Watson's going to do the running, not the running backs. 1.4 touches per game for the running backs in the red zone. And then uh, you don't usually think about tight ends when you're talking about the Texans, but Darren Fells, the Texans tight end, has nine receiving touchdowns since the 2019 season, the third most of qualified tight ends. The Titans have allowed 12 receiving touchdowns to tight ends since the 2019 season, tied for the fifth most. Titans better be on the lookout for Darren Fells down near the end zone. And I think based on what we've seen from Johnny Smith with five touchdowns in four games, Texans ought to be on the lookout also for the tight end when the Titans are down by the end zone. And also when they're well away from the end zone, because we know that Johnny Smith can uh, take it the distance. I hope you'll consider becoming a member of paulkuharski.com, just $5.99 a month pregame and postgame reports from Blake Bettingfield, who scouted for the Tennessee Titans for 19 years, six of them as the director of college scouting. It's something you can't find anywhere else. I've covered the team since its final year in Houston. Um, Got a lot of institutional knowledge and a critical eye plus great connections that makes me a unique voice in an interesting landscape of coverage of the team in Nashville. Uh, Take a look, paulkuharski.com, and please consider jumping aboard. I'll have a private Periscope for members only after the game Sunday, usually uh, right as the late afternoon games conclude. And, um, Those members only Periscope Facebook Lives are a big part of uh, what you get in addition to everything I write, plus those reports from Bettingfield and some podcasts that are members only. I appreciate you listening. I invite you also to listen to my podcast that is not about the Titans called Elsewhere. That is brought to you by 104.5 The Zone, my radio station. Uh, I appreciate you listening. I ask you not to block the box and to absolutely lock your locks. The Paul Kaharski Podcast is a joint production of paulkaharski.com and Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com. Mm-hmm.